This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Good evening, everybody, and welcome in. Happy Pie Day. It is Kenny and Heilprin. Ben Kenny, Zach Heilprin here with you on this Tuesday. NIT game day for the Badgers. We'll talk about it coming up a little bit later. Daylight savings time has passed, Zach. The sun's going to be up on my drive home or setting at least. I'm giddy. What's up? Excited for that, huh? Uh, so what is it? Um, it's it's uh, Connor season Carter Gilmore night then since it's Pi Day. Why? Number three, number 14. I didn't think that far. I've I've gone on record. I think I'm talking myself into Carter Gilmore next season. That's an important part, like a really integral part. Hopefully they get some other good guys, but maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It could start. That's the point. It could start tonight. It, he could start? No, it. The 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 Carter Gilmore hot streak could start. Okay. Building blocks, I guess. If Carter Gilmore has an integral role next year, it's going to be a long year. I mean, I would say he had an integral role this year. It was a long year. Uh, yeah, I guess. They need a better... couple possessions away. I feel, I feel like if Carter's forced to play the four and five as much as he did, especially the five. Yeah, that would mean they're it's not ideal. It's mean it means they they struck out weren't uh, enough in the transfer portal. Yep. Hundred percent. All right. Well, I like Carter. He's, he's nice he's a nice eighth guy. He's improved. An eighth or ninth guy. I would say. He's improved. Bench. Eighth or ninth guy off the bench. Yeah, we're gonna get to that coming up a little bit later. Wisconsin versus Bradley. NIT round one Cole Center tonight, eight thirty. Uh we'll we'll hit that a little later on in the show. But Zach, uh, it is the middle of March, and usually that means lists, <laughs> where people put lists out. Actually, usually in the middle of March, we're talking NCAA tournament, because I remember sure. this time last year, I was sitting in a hotel room in Milwaukee, getting ready for the first round. Uh, I think we actually did our first show at this time last year. Uh, I think March you, 17th. I think you missed our birthday. Oh, it's, it was March 17th? Oh, yes. All right. It's so, three days from now. All right. So, um, so I feel like, yeah, that's what... The middle of March usually is. The middle of this March is getting ready for football, for uh, spring football. And football lists. And we've been doing that for two months now. Now, listen, the, the big outlets, they're going to put the lists out. We're going to sit here. We're going to react to it. We're going to give a take. Because when I give my tears, there isn't a large swath of humanity reacting to them. Because we're not writing for the athletic. Although everybody writes for the athletic, but but we are not us two. Awesome. There's there's a few people that that don't write for the athletic. So there were there were two lists put out uh, ranking the coaches in college football, and that's where we're going to start today. One of them from Stuart Mandel, the other from Bruce Feldman. They came out at the same time, and they did podcasts on it. So there were some disagreements, and I'm sure they aired them out. I didn't listen to those shows, but I read both of the lists. And first, Bruce Feldman had Luke Fickle at number 11. They ranked the top 25 with a couple, just missed the cut. Luke Fickle was at number 11, notably behind the greats, obviously, Saban, Kirby Smart, Dabo, Kyle Whittingham as well, Brian Kelly, Lincoln Riley, Ryan Day, James Franklin, Jim Harbaugh, and Lance Leipold at yeah. number 10. Yeah. So that was one of them. The other was Stuart Mandel, who had Fickle at number 9 behind many of the same names, the greats, and then Winningham, Day, Harbaugh, Riley, Brian Kelly, 
I mean, Fickle, I guess, is a clear disagreement point here. The question I want to pose... It's not that big of a disagreement point. It's not, but but there's a key number in between 9 and 11. There's a key name in between 9 and 11. Yes, and well, the number is number 10. And the question is, is, is Luke Fickle a top 10 coach in college football? Where we stand today. But that goes into the reaction in general from both of the lists, most notably the one that had Luke Fickle ranked behind Kansas head coach, former UW-Whitewater head coach, and I guess a name in the hat for the Badgers for a week, Lance Leipold. What'd you think? Coaching legend. Coaching legend. Won six national titles at UW-Whitewater. He is always going to be thought of very highly in this state. Uh, I didn't know he had that kind of love nationwide um, to be number 10. But what he did at Kansas, again, I mean, they, they started out 5-0, and and they what? They finished 6-7, and seven, I think it was. Um, to win that many games, to do some of the things that they've done at Kansas, which haven't been done in, in quite some time, is impressive. But he's still under 500 as the Kansas coach. He was barely above 500 as the Buffalo coach. Um, I, I, it feels a little bit high for Lance Leipold, even though I'm a big Lance Leipold guy. I'm a whitewater guy, so I like Lance. I'm a big fan of Lance Leipold. Um, wouldn't have hated it if he had been the guy for Wisconsin. That said... Luke Fickle's resume, just getting Cincinnati to a national title game, or to excuse me, to the, to the college football playoff, is enough. But just making them uh, a perennial power, uh, to me, is, uh, is, is plenty impressive enough. And everybody wanted him. Everybody wanted him. Uh, Lance Leipold is probably heavily sought after, but just based on the number of on the names and the names of the schools that came after Lance Leipold, or excuse me, uh, that came after Luke Fickle and the, and the Last few years, it's not even close. It's not even close. Whether it was, you know, Notre Dame, um, everyone thinks he's the next coach at Ohio State. Like, hmm. there there were some big names that came after him. Michigan State, too. There were some big names that came after him that he declined. Um, we, I don't think Lance Leipold's viewed that same way right now, except yeah. apparently by Bruce Feldman. Well, yeah, it, it's a question of sustained success. Fickle 53 and 10 over his last five years with doing that. Like a a big question here, I think is how do you differentiate guys that are winning at the highest level, but also at places with all the resources in the world compared to guys that do a lot more with less. What Lance Leipold did at Kansas is remarkable. Yes. Cause that there's to win six games, right? Because they do. He it's doing a lot with less. Now that may be changing. It looks like it is going to be changing. It looks like they're putting some money into the football program, uh, and that doesn't happen without a little bit of success that Lance Leipold gave them. Definitely. But there are other guys. There are different tiers, if you will, of doing more with less. I would say Kyle Whittingham at Utah, mm-hmm. right, winning a couple of Pac-12s. Luke Fickle at Cincinnati, I don't making a college football playoff at a school like that compared to someone like James Franklin, yes. who, who I think is a great coach and recruits at a really high level. And has gotten on the doorstep of achieving a lot, but obviously has not. Has won the Big Ten in six years now. Has not made it to the college football playoff. So there are different. There's a different spectrum of doing more with less, and you compare that to the guys that are surrounded by everything. I mean, there's a clear guys that have achieved a lot in the past, like Jimbo Fisher, won a national title. He's also at a place with crazy resources, Texas A&M, and they absolutely stink. So that, I would think, is more of an indictment on your job as a coach. It's hard to compare, 
right? Because every situation's different. And I, there's probably a weird line to be drawn between who has achieved the greatest in the sport, like Dabo, and who maybe maybe should have achieved it in Ryan Day, for instance, right? So it, it, it's tough to compare. It's not like the NFL where you could look at a coach and say, okay, there's the GM, there's the draft, there's a salary cap and everything. What do you do? How do you hire your staff? What do you do when you lose assistance? What does your team look like? It's more uniform. College football is so different, so the comparison I think is tough. But I don't think it's close between Fickle and Leipold. Yeah. And I, I, that's the thing that caught my eye. Right, like, a lot of people's eye. Yeah. They both had Kyle Whittingham above Fickle. I might disagree with it, but it's close. He's winning Pac-12 titles, right? Yes, they've both been very impressive. Right, but I mean, winning the American, winning the Pac-12, a little bit different, a little bit different. Making it to the playoff. And maybe it's also a question of potential. Right. Where I see, because so much of it is not just, do you win on Saturday? So much of it is, who do you surround yourself with? where we see Fickle perfectly when he got to Wisconsin. Seems to have surrounded himself with some pretty impressive names and and an impressive staff. The recruiting has has been exciting, I would say, to start, right? So, yeah, I have trouble comparing, but I kind of look at the stuff outside of just do they win on Saturdays, how much do they win, but what else do they do? Do they maximize where they are? And I think Fickle, before playing a game in just in a couple months, is showing that that he has the ability to maximize where Wisconsin is. Yes, uh, he has the ability to do it, but he also hasn't won a game yet. And this this actually goes into the the, the Greg Gard conversation that I've, we've had to have. I don't know. If, I don't think we've had it necessarily a ton, but have had it on the swing. And that is like, yes, everyone wants the basketball team to do what the football team did, right? Like bring in this exciting new hire. Luke Fickle hasn't won a game yet. To sit here and say, like, that's what you want to do, even though you haven't seen the results of it. We think the results are going to be good, but we don't know that for sure. We don't know exactly what this is going to look like. But um, the potential for it is exciting. The potential for him to be able to take Wisconsin to the next level is exciting. And I um, did it feel like perhaps the Wisconsin tree had hit its ceiling in terms of what it could do here? Football? Yes. Probably. Do you think well, Jim Leonard would have been able to do what Luke Fickle has done here these first two months? No, I don't. Okay. No, I don't. And he was he was the next guy. He was the guy that was going to do it. I, I'm a huge fan of Jim Leonard. I think he would have been a great head coach and um, and had success at Wisconsin. But it feels like Luke, Luke Fickle's ceiling is higher than Jim Leonard's. Um, it feels like that. I, I have no idea if it's actually going to be that way. But, you know, what Luke Fickle took over at Cincinnati was not some great program. Like, everyone thinks about what it was, like, what, when Brian Kelly was there? Um, before he went to Notre Dame and then Butch Jones before he went to uh, Tennessee. But when Tommy Tuberville came back in there, it fell apart, fell apart again. And he took, and when Luke Fickle came back in there and he took over, he had a, uh, I think he went four and eight his first season, then won 11 games, 11 games, nine games in a, in a 10 game season, and then 13 games. So he kind of took a program that has had success under Brian Kelly and under Butch Jones and took it to a different level. And I know it's Cincinnati, and this is Wisconsin. They're two different things. But Wisconsin's had sustained success. He has a chance to take it to a different level like he did at Cincinnati. I look back when you, when you talk about if Wisconsin had hit their ceiling, its ceiling, where the 2016-19 the run, 
I, I've said like like might have been it, but not in terms of yeah they lost the Big Ten title game, but in terms of the caliber of the teams, like they were right there and and they lost clearly, but they were right there to do it. Yeah, where I look at what Ryan Day did, for instance, like the Michigan game was really bad for Ohio State this season, but to do what they did against Georgia, and the kicker missed the kick. Yeah, so I I don't think Should've I can been dancing. Well, I don't think I can sit here and, and drag him through the mud for, for losing in the playoff again, where I that was one of the most impressive games I've ever seen, like a Ryan Day coach team play, and they were there. So if the kicker makes that kick, and they would have beaten TCU, then they win the national title, right? That all hinges on, on whether the kick goes in or not. That doesn't change my view of Ryan Day as a head coach, for instance. So it's... It's interesting. I think Luke Fickle, though, is definitely a top 10 coach in the sport where we sit today. And part of that is forward-looking, where the sport's changing. And five to 10 years ago, maybe Brian Ferentz was in there, minus the conference title, yes. But guys like Brian Ferentz and Mike Gundy, guys that have done it forever at the same spot and won a lot, with the sport changing, like there seems to be a new wave of Luke Fickle-like guys where he has a chance to to rise to a point of of being mentioned up there with Harbaugh and Ryan Day, for instance. Not not up to... You've got to win the Big Ten first, right? And I guess Ryan Day hasn't won the Big Ten as a head coach. Has he? No, he did. He did. Yeah, they did in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think... Like, the 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 clear tier one, clear... Like, it's, it's Saban and Kirby, and then maybe Dabo's in there, too. Even though... Even he's been slow. Like he's been kind of pushing back on the portal, hasn't taken a lot of guys in. He's pushed God's NIL, pushed back on name, image, and likeness. But those three guys seem somewhat untouchable, even though it's ridiculous that Saban, at his age, continues to evolve, continues to do everything right as everything changes. But then right below that, there are all the coaches of, of Harbaugh and Day. I think Lincoln Riley, I'd put him there. Maybe Brian Kelly as well, winning the West his first year at LSU after all he's done. But then the next, I, I put James Franklin and Luke Fickle right there in the next group together. And, and and maybe that's being a little overly optimistic, but what has James Franklin done? James Franklin has all the resources in the world. He's won a Big Ten title. He has. I would I would say still he's he's underwhelmed given given what he has. Aren't but you, he's also aren't you playing on like the Penn State bandwagon for next year. Is oh, I like, think they're going to be really good. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So you're getting this out of your system right now, talking about how he hasn't done anything, and then he's going to go and win something this this fall, and then he'll ha- you'll have to move him out of this tier then. Well, he still has the chance. He is able to do it. He's shown an ability to. And, and yeah, he clearly has the chance to rise. But overall, when you look at how he's recruited and everything, it, it's tough when you're in a division with Ohio State when they only lose maybe one game a season and you have to be nearly perfect to do it. So, so yeah, it's he is more of an uphill battle than Luke Fickle does in 2023 playing in the West. But I don't have numbers behind it. Okay. Maybe maybe it's a gut feel. I I see James Franklin and Luke Fickle together as eight and nine in the top ten of coaches. Okay, and and so is this an overreaction to a list that? That said, Lance Leipold was ahead of, of Fickle, maybe. What? But but it, it got me thinking of where he actually lands, and, and a lot of it's potential-based. But the potential's there, and we've seen, we've seen him do everything right, I guess, with staff and, again, with recruiting early. And usually when you do all that stuff right, it leads to wins. So I'm projecting. Do you question him being down in the ticket office selling tickets? Is Luke Fickle doing that? Oh, you didn't see... 
you, the person who studies Wisconsin's football Twitter. When did this who, happen? Who gives, who gives this week's and what, 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 what is the, the. Oh, this week in Wisconsin football Twitter. This, I had a tweet we were going to, we were going to talk about. Apparently later. you missed a tweet. Uh, there's a, uh, a video about a two and a half minute video of, of Luke Fickle being down in the top oh, office. Here it is. Calling people up and, uh, asking them why they hadn't, you know, gotten their tickets yet. Why they haven't, uh, re-upped their tickets yet. Uh, because the date, uh, the deadline is actually the 15th for, uh, to get your tickets. I mean, if you've already had tickets, you're, the deadline's the 15th. So, um, yeah, he was down there and, and talking to people and some people thought it was a recording. It was not a recording. It was him. So I... Is that time well spent, you think? I mean, out of all the things that time could be spent on, maybe it's not the most productive, but he probably is some time, right? There's no there's no immediate portal window opening. He said in the video that he's free between ten thirty and or nine thirty and ten thirty on a regular basis. So he um, seems to be a guy that has his schedule pretty set and is quite good at, at executing a schedule. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I didn't even bet and I do it. Yeah, because you didn't see it. No, oh, it must have crossed my feet. I didn't even watch the video. Yeah. I don't know if we can count on you to be the person that's going to be this week in, in Wisconsin football Twitter if you're not actually going to look through the entire feed and get the get the videos and, and all the good stuff that is happening through that Twitter account. I don't I, know if we can count on you. I don't think the tweet makes the cut. I don't know if we can count on you. So what's funny is the tweet immediately before that on Wisconsin's account Coming in hot, Coach Fick sits at number nine on SL Mandel's <laughs> top 25 head coaches list. They quoted Stuart Mandel's one with nine, but not Bruce Feldman's one at 11. I like that. <laughs> that's that's some good tweeting. Yeah. Listen, we go through it, but no, nah, like the, the coefficient of iron, that stuff is more interesting to me than Luke Fickle calling people, which I, I'm all for. You don't even know what, but you didn't even know what the video I don't, like, I don't care about the thing in the video i care that the guy who's supposed to be watching the twitter account doesn't know what's in the video yep that's my bad okay that's right. a a donovan chess pat as as we do back home uh donovan McNabb is famous for the yeah my bad chess pat yep my bad donovan chess pat so so there's that uh do, do you think coach fickle is a top 10 coach in the sport though in, in general i didn't break it down i'm, I'm not a, much of a tears guy uh i, I kind of leave that to you I did have a double take when Lance Leipold was ahead of him. I think that's probably what has jarred you more than anything, and it's why it brought you into the conversation. Because if, if he's ahead of Lance Leipold, you're not even talking about this right now. Um, but it made you look at it a little bit deeper, so I understand it. Me personally, I, uh, I he probably is a top 10 coach, but it, the only reason I would even think about it is that somehow Lance Leipold's ahead of him. It it made me think. I like to believe that I would have looked at it anyway and had thoughts on it just because this is what we're doing right now. But there's also the point of, yes, I, I know Lance Leipold's path and UW-Whitewater and Kansas and, and Buffalo, but guys like that, yeah, they're doing a lot more with a lot less, but I'm sure there's partially a reason they're not at the most premier top programs in the country, right? Like there's a reason they're not at Penn State. There's a reason they don't have all those resources. So I give them all the credit in the world for doing it. I don't have a great example next to Leipold to, to throw out there. Maybe like a more with less. I, I want to say Whittingham, but again, he's, he's won two Pac-12 titles. Uh, like Mark Stoops at, at Kentucky, for instance. He's in the SEC, which is awesome. It means you're playing a lot more tougher games. 
he's probably not going to win an SEC title, which makes it harder to rise up to the top. But I also think there's a reason that he is not at Georgia for guys like that. So that kind of goes into it. Yeah. Um, but, I, I mean, if you want to think through it, there's, there's Saban and Kirby, which I put number one and two, and then Dabo three. Who's number one? I think what's happened the last couple of years, it has to be Kirby, doesn't it? I still think it's Saban. No, I don't think it's Kirby. It's not like he hasn't been there, Who? right? Saban. Was in the playoff this year. He was in the playoff last year. I mean, yes, Kirby's winning, but it's not as if Saban's dropped off the map. He hasn't dropped off the map, but he's been passed. He's been passed recently, yeah, in terms of national titles. I mean, in terms of I success. give him the career achievement award just because, like, everything he's done, and then you turn around and it's like, oh, Bama's probably going to be great again next season. I mean, it's Alabama, and with him at the at the helm, yes, but. There's an argument there, definitely. I don't have a strong take either way, but I think they're one and two. But then those are three with Dabo. Then you go Harbaugh, Day, Lincoln Riley, Brian Kelly. They're seven. And then I think Franklin and Luke Fickle. Eight and nine, however order you want to put it. Maybe Whittingham ahead of him. But still, that's top ten, I think, safely. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not going to disagree, obviously, but they uh, – because it's it's all relative to how you think about it. So I'm not going to get upset about one here or one there. But I think I think Kirby's kind of proven that George is the top program in the country and what he's done as a coach to make them in the top program in the country kind of kind of makes them number one. Maybe we have to see him do it with another quarterback. Oh, Stetson Bennett's okay. All right. All right. The you funny see. thing is going into his first national title, that's what well, everybody thought they would lose because of Stetson. So people called for JT Daniels. Yeah. Even going into the first playoff game after they lost the SEC title, I think, to Alabama. And then they win that year. And then this year Stetson just got so much better. And they played TCU in the national title game, which was not a uh, a gargantuan feat of, of winning that given right. the squad they had. The only thing I'm saying is the last two years, Georgia has won the national title both years. They beat Alabama in one of those national title games and then came back and beat them this year as well in the regular season. And um, now was it? Uh, I don't think they played. Yes, they did. There's no way Georgia and Alabama didn't play, was it? No, they don't play. They're an opposite. I know they're an opposite. No, they never play. Except in the SEC championship game. LSU played. I know. I know this year they played the SEC. Correct. Because. Because LSU beat Bama oh, at okay. home in that Al- double overtime game. Because Al- Alabama wasn't. Uh, at they were down. They weren't at their level. Yeah. So that's two years not being at the level. They it's a down year. They haven't won a national title in two years. Some Bryce Young injuries. Oh, haven't won it in two years. I hope we have that conversation <laughs> somehow <laughs> when it comes to Luke Fitt. They have just won since 2019. Since 2018. Yeah. All right. Well, Kirby's got two in the last two years. There's your projection. Uh, the, there's your there's your tiers for mid March. Uh, Optimus Kenny came like Optimus Kenny's here right now. Okay, I would think this is one of the more optimistic things I've, I've said regarding Fickle in the program. That I'm I'm projecting enough success for him there and enough maximization, if you will, to put him at that level. So for those that that harp on the negatives, I positive Kenny's here today. Uh, the weather's pretty nice. You're literally the one that harps on the negatives. Or the, 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 the People get on me about the ceiling, harping the on the negatives. The ceiling for this program, how it's, they're not just coming in and win Big Ten titles. As I've said, I think Fickle will reach that ceiling, whatever it is. And that's what we're going to learn. That's what's beautiful. I'm not going to say can't anymore. 
I'm not going to say they can't do anything. They just haven't. And I'm not, I'm never going to say never anymore because anything could happen. I think we're growing as people. I think so, too. All right. Let's do sh- this. As a show. Let's do this. There's a lot to get to. We have some Wisconsin versus Bradley NIT talk. It's also very, NFL free agency. Very I, little Bradley in Wisconsin. <laughs> no, some, well, some, some significant talk at that, though. Mm. I was going to tweet this out. What is Aaron Rodgers' free agent or trade boarding in in congruence with free agency have to do with the Wisconsin Badgers? We're going to talk about that next. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, welcome back. It is Kenny and Heilprin. Happy Pi Day, everybody. So coming up on Thursday. Good friend of show Grant Bills is out in Arizona broadcasting four to six from the baseball stadium out there that I don't know the name of. Can I have a, have a question before you go any further? Yeah. Uh, you said friend of show. Yep. Or do you say good friend of show? Good friend of show. I said it. You could dispute it if you want, but it's out there now. Uh, Grant, Grant, given the given the technology and how we have to get him on the air broadcasting here, Zach and I will not be live at Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie, as we usually are on Thursday. We'll probably put out a podcast, check the Twitter feeds for more information there, and then we'll be back the following week. And I think three or four shows out there left. So if you haven't been out there, uh, definitely come out, hang out, or go when, when we're not doing the show. The place is great. So that's, that's the deal for the rest of this week as we get into uh, March Madness, late-season NIT, I wanted to, uh, I, I, coming up next, we're going to talk Wisconsin-Bradley, a little pseudo pregame show, and then also uh, an NCAA tournament rooting guide. Just, just overall thoughts uh, on the tournament as we get ready to have no life for the next couple weeks as the tournament goes on. But first, it's NFL free agency. Uh, what, is, what is Aaron Rodgers courting? What does Alan Lazard signing with the Jets mean for the Wisconsin Badgers, one may ask? Well, the answer is nothing, but... There's a there's a connection here where in classic offseason content, I sat back and I wondered, because we had done it previously during the trade deadline, way back, maybe the MLB trade deadline. I think I, it was last summer, yeah. I don't remember the context, but we, we wondered if you could make a trade, any trade in college football to benefit the Badgers the most, what would it be? And Caleb Williams was a consistent name brought up. So now that it is free agency... And there's some interesting caveats here. But if there's one player in the country that you would add to this Badgers team, whether it's a a deficiency at a position, whether it's just a, a superstar in the sport, who would it be? Who's who's your Alan Lazard? It's literally who's my Alan Lazard. <laughs> uh who's my who's my yeah. I, I don't even know what why is Alan Lazard getting eleven million dollars a year? <laughs> Uh, why, that's, is he, why is he getting $22 million he, uh, guaranteed? That's I, the most NFL talk we've had since Devontae Adams was traded live on our show. Which I believe was on the first show. One of the first, definitely. It was early. It was it was when I was in Milwaukee for the for the, for the the tournament. Oh, because oh, I didn't see it. I just heard from you. Yeah. Oh. Uh, either way. Well, the last NFL note I'm going to give is that TJ Edwards and Jack Sanborn are in the same linebacking core in Chicago. They are. And that's borderline erotic. Okay. Um, so <laughs> last last summer it was Caleb Williams, right? It's still Caleb Williams. 
I don't I, look. Tanner Mordecai could be great. Could be fantastic. He's he's not going to be Kale Williams. Um, if I was forced to go away from the quarterbacks, if I was forced to say, uh, nope, quarterbacks are not part of this. Brock Bowers. Mm. Give me some Brock. I like that one. At a, at a tight end position at Wisconsin that is a little unsettled, whether it's through injuries or otherwise, Brock Bowers is an absolute animal. He's incredible. Absolute animal. You know, give him, put him in this offense to go along with Braylon Allen and Chesma Lucy and some and the wide receivers that they're going to have. The tight end position to me is is really one of the biggest questions because you don't know who's going to be there. And, he, and Clay Cundiff is a nice player, but he ain't Brock Bowers. Give me Brock Bowers, and, and and let's go. Plus, we talk if there are struggles in the red zone, as some have noted, this offense could have or has had in other places. Negative, what, Kenny. What's that. well? What's the biggest differentiator when you get down to the red zone? Tight ends. It's, it's matchups, and tight ends create a lot of those matchups. Yeah. So if you put him on on the on the field. A lot of the scheme stuff can go out the window because he could just go win. Yeah. And he could just go catch a jump ball or, or make some crazy play and score. So I love the Bowers call. Yeah. Now, the Caleb Williams thing and Bowers, it's only for one season. So that, I think, is an interesting wrinkle. Well, it's, I mean, that's assuming they, they don't want to stick around Madison for another year, which both of them could. Sure. I'll assume, <laughs> I'll assume here it's only one season. You're going to assume top five picks in the country are not going to be sticking around for multiple years? <laughs> yeah, those guys are high picks. There are some others that could be longer investments, like Arch Manning, the talk of the town at the quarterback position. Who has yet to play a game. It, yes, but is, is heralded as the best quarterback prospect since Trevor Lawrence. You get him in the Longo system, you get him going. He's really the only big. I, he's the only guy I think it'd be worth maybe doing it for, but I like the idea of Marvin Harrison. Mm. Just I mean, switch speaking, things up that way. Speaking of guys that are not going to be around more than one year, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> what the hell are we no, doing? No, that goes along with Caleb and Brock Bowers. Well, okay, all right. No, Arch was the only one I thought of that oh, would okay, stick around. The other you. guys I don't think are necessarily worth it. I got you. I'm not really I, I'm not knowledgeable at this point of the best defensive tackles in the country. Like maybe I was entering last year with Jalen Carter coming back, but a guy like that or a a Harold Perkins at LSU. Yeah. That that edge rusher linebacker. who yeah, who single handedly just decimated Texas A and M in a game. Yes. There are a lot of fun options, but tight end is the position. I thought secondary, but I don't know if one player in the secondary changes everything like a tight end would. I feel like another lockdown corner would. I, uh, I shouldn't say another lockdown corner. A corner to go along with a guy who I think has a chance to be really good this year in, in Alex Smith. Uh, to pair him to pair him with a, a top corner like uh, a Kool-Aid McKinstry mm, from which Alabama. Is, uh, which is an amazing name. One of the greatest names. Um, big Kool-Aid guy. Uh, like, put him in there, and yes, you're feeling obviously very, very good about it. Uh, Denzel Burke out of Ohio State. Another guy who's uh, highly thought of. Like, there are some really talented corners you could put along with Alex Smith. He'd be like, yes, yes, please. If Jalen Carter was still in college, I think he might be my answer, though. Well, he's given not. given talent, like given position deficiencies, right? Where yeah. t- tight ends probably one where a, a crazy top of the country guy would do the most help, given who else is there. Defensive tackle is also likely one. Yeah, I uh, believe Michael Hall Jr. from uh, Ohio State is thought of as one of the better defensive tackles in the country. Uh, Who's that kid of Florida that's 600 pounds? I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? No. 
this has to do with nothing. But so in the midst of all the Rogers stuff, and it has to do with college football, so it's not NFL talk. Eddie Lacy was trending because they're talking about all the guys that could go to the Jets. Yeah. And everyone started talking about Eddie Lacy. Well, there's a guy in Florida, and and I'm going to find a picture, and I'll probably tweet it out. I'll show it to you, who is, who is literally the largest human I've ever seen in my life. Doesn't look very mobile side to side or laterally, but if you put him in the middle of a defense, you can't gonna, move him because he's so up. big. It's uh, so we were talking last year, last year about uh, Ohio State's defensive line, or just like they didn't have that guy, right? That was that was going to jump out. They didn't have a, a Bosa. They didn't have that type of guy. I, I'm looking at some rankings for the draft next year. Four guys in the top six among the best defensive linemen in, uh, that are draft eligible next year for the Buckeyes. Yes. Yeah. Michael Hall Jr. Jack JT, Sawyer, JT Tui, Moe Lau yep. is back, and Tyleek uh, Williams. Which is like that's how this that's how it kind of flows because they're breaking in a new quarterback. Yeah, who so, I I don't think he's going to be as good as Stroud, but I don't think it's going to suddenly be a a, a terrible position for them because it's Ohio State. Well, you also thought that there was going to be a significant drop off from uh, Justin Fields to, to the next guy. I did not say that. I said, well, I was right in 2021. I was right. It just took a bit for Stroud to get there. The whole point was 2021. I picked Wisconsin to win the Big Ten. Because I thought it was the most wide open. I thought they had the path. I thought they had the quarterback, which I was wrong, and the team. They had the defense. And I thought Ohio State would suffer after Stroud, after Fields. And they did. Because they lost to Michigan and didn't win the the conference. Stroud had some growing pains. They didn't lose a game. I mean, they didn't lose until, right? They didn't lose until the Michigan game. Correct. But they did uh, eventually lose. And I think Wisconsin could have beaten that Michigan team if they they lost to that Michigan team. If the offense was was By good enough, like though, twenty. Well, that would Chase Wolf played the whole second half. He turned the ball over six times. You know, so I I think if context was different, that could have been a good game. Okay, but but yes, uh, the Penn State has a situation with with Clifford out and and Drew Alar, and there's an unknown, and you're replacing all the production, which is where returning production's tough. But the guy could be better, you know. And I don't think the Ohio State quarterback is going to be better than Stroud, whoever it's going to be, but. I don't think it's going to be some massive drop off. Plus, he's no. throwing to Marvin Harrison Jr. You know, and not and not just Marvin Harrison Jr. It's Ibuka is still there. Um, Stover is back. Maybe Kate's, is he still around? He might be. My God, I don't know. I can't wait for this season. It's going to be a running back. No, no, no. That's a nose tackle. Okay, why is he wearing? Oh, okay, because he's wearing twenty one, or is that twenty three? I think they changed all the rules in college football. Well, no, you can wear whatever you want. You can I, I just sent Zach want. the picture of the, of the kid at Florida. That's a big dude. If, if if you watch his film, it is impossible to move him an inch. So they just put him in the middle of the defense, and then you know you have he, – he could cover like three gaps. That's a big dude. Just dude. by existing. I don't know. That's how. who I need on the Badgers defense. You don't, But you don't know his name. <laughs> no, I forget his name. I've, okay. I've heard it in the past. <laughs> a lot of names. I'm excited for the year. There's so much intrigue. You know, Michigan gets better. Ohio State loses Stroud and a bunch of dudes, but their defense looks like it could be sick. Penn State is is looking up for next year. Badgers under Fickle. The West probably will stink, except for some intriguing teams like Nebraska again. I'm excited. It's it's a lot of unknowns, and I feel like Wisconsin's actually, like the hat could really be in the ring. If all falls well. So I look, 
I love this excitement. I, I love it. Uh, and I can't wait 11 days. 11 days, and we may get our – we may. I don't know. If there, there's no guarantee here. Uh, a first look at the Badgers uh, and under Luke Fickle at practice because spring ball, 11 days away. The first place everybody should go is Zach's Twitter, at Zach Heilprin, for all the best reactions and thoughts. The second place is probably the camp <laughs> to listen to him and Jesse talk about it because they're both there. But the third place you should go is here. Okay, yep. Because we have bold predictions. We have we have thoughts entering spring. I've written all of them down. We'll react to them. We'll get your thoughts. Uh, I I might be there for a spring practice or two. I, I may or may not have told the Wisconsin strength coach that I would be there to talk about iron. Yeah. So so I have to come through on that promise. But He'll be looking for you, I, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll see if I do. All right, we're going to step away. When we come back, the Badgers do play basketball tonight. Not to switch gears on a team that's disappointed us, but they're playing Bradley. And I have interesting questions about the game. It's a pseudo preview. It's, it's as much of a preview as you can get. For an NIT basketball game. That's coming up next. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. <laughs> All right. Welcome back. Kenny and Heilprin. Badgers, Bradley, NIT coming up tonight in about an hour and 45 minutes. 8.30 tip from the Cole Center. Zach, the Badgers, three-point favorites in your first round of the NIT against the Bradley Braves. You will be there. Excitement from 1 to 20. Negative 5. That sucks. It's the NIT, <laughs> man. Come on. Um, I do have something of substance to say. Of course. Sure. We need to note, while I will hype up them tomorrow or uh, tonight, and then hopefully in the future if they win in the NIT, very unacceptable result to a season. That must be said. If they win the NIT? Still unacceptable. Okay. Can't be in the NIT going forward. Yeah. That is not the standard Wisconsin's at. Is it better to be in the NIT or not in the NIT? It's better to play in the NIT if you don't make the NCAA tournament. Oh, definitely. So they're in a better spot than they were in 27-18, where they didn't play, where they didn't make it at all. They finished under 500 and... Correct, okay. yes. And yes, seven, I think so. 7-11 Big Ten. Yeah, because you have the chance to, to get momentum. Yeah, but there were excuses built in that year. That There's no excuses able to built in this year. Like that year was, they didn't have Kobe King. They didn't have Demetri Trice. They got hurt. So th- there were reasons why they weren't very good. What are the reasons this year that they weren't very good? They lost on, on some fluky possessions, which added up over time becomes not fluky. However... <laughs> There are no excuses. I'm not gonna. I'm not making excuses for zero that. excuses. I wanted to be noted. This is an unacceptable end to the season. However, I'm excited to watch it because that's that's how I do with sports. That's how I do with Badger sports. I and feel like you're gonna make it through the first half and then go to bed. No, I'm gonna watch it because the like the NCAA is is act, like it's it's serious. The NIT has potential for some hilarious stuff. I mean, the the, the Xavier uh, Texas A&M championship game. It was actually quite good. I, I remember watching like the last minute of it. It was actually, you know, really, really good. So they're playing a team named Bradley. That's funny. Just to start. There is nobody on Bradley. If you want to talk about a story, this is my preview of the Bradley Braves. Nobody on Bradley is named Bradley. And I think that's a problem. Okay. Therefore, I, I think Wisconsin probably wins. But it got me thinking, where does Bradley rank amongst colleges, teams in the country, with with the college being named after someone's first name. 
or a first name, right? Because Bradley, I think it's the Bradley family, whatever. Personally, Bradley, uh, yeah. that's a first name. Yeah. Other colleges with first names. And which is the best? The first one that came to mind was the team that beat them last week. I don't know that. I love, oh, Drake. Drake I, beat him. Drake beat him, and Drake's in the NCAA tournament because of it. Drake. I love the name Drake. Does the rapper Drake take anything away? Does it add to the doesn't to add the allure of Drake? I just love the, maybe it's the Drake May is such a cool name. Yeah. But Drake as a first name, Drake the rapper, not so much, but Drake the, as a first name. Oh, Drake and Josh. I love things of that nature. Yeah. I like I'm, Drake. I'm a big, big fan of the name, the first name Drake. Um, I guess we'll just go back and forth here in, in the order. Right. So I'm not just going to say everyone, but the one I would put behind Drake or my number one, I think is Stetson. <laughs> because until three years ago, I didn't know anybody named Stetson. Now Stetson Bennett. So therefore uh, Stetson's up there for me. Uh, for me personally, uh, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, I know you have these all written down. However, Radford. I did not. Is, no one's named Radford. You're about to tell me that someone's name is Campbell's what? Oh, I, I grew up with somebody named Campbell. There's someone named Radford. Look it up. Somewhere, somewhere. They have else. to be alive after the 1800s. Oh, come on now. Obviously, there's Stetson, a Radford in Stetson, the 17th. Stetson's the first Stetson that's been alive in the last 150 years. Except for years. probably his dad. He's, he's, he's is what? He a, the he's third. A, he's the third? Stetson oh, okay. Bennett the third. All right, my bad. There's a lot of Stetsons. I don't have time, we don't have time to look it up. All right, I'm going to avoid Radford. What about Stanford? I, I don't know somebody named Stanford. So, That's their first so name. This, so this has to be somebody. Okay, I don't know anybody named Campbell. No, no, but but one of us. People are named Campbell. I don't think anyone's named Stanford. Proceed. You're allowed to look it up. I am going to go with Troy. The The manager of a bar I like a lot is named Troy. What bar is that? No, uh, oh, no, no free. No free ads. No free ads. It's in downtown Madison. He... He, he he bought me shots of Jaeger every time the Eagles scored in the playoffs. Got really drunk. Um, it is Stanford is ranked 1,692 among the most common U.S. names, first names. Okay, I'll give you Stanford, Thank even you. though I disagree with it. All right. Um, I'll do William and Mary. You so, don't, <laughs> someone reached out to me with that on Twitter. I didn't think of it. It's incredible. You get two first names in one name of a college. I mean, it's impressive that somebody would would, would throw that out there. Um, I mean, if we're doing this, Stephen F. Austin. Stephen and Austin. <laughs> First names. Boom. That's good. The whole point of this exercise is to show you that Bradley is so far down the list <laughs> of, of colleges named after someone's first name, right? Yep. So Stephen F. Austin, we, we go rapid fire. There's Campbell, yep. Marshall, Bryant, Lamar, Howard. Could go on and on and on. There Rider. are some that are Rider. questionable. Rider. Rider. Oh, yeah, I know riders. You know riders. Uh, there, there are some that are more questionable, like George Washington and George Mason and Georgetown. Robert Morris. Sure. There's so many options. I don't think Bradley breaks the top 30. Probably not. Which Probably means not. I think they're going to lose tonight. I think they're going to win because they're a better basketball team than Wisconsin. <laughs> um, they have, uh, I, I think they probably have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder after losing the, the conference championship game, despite winning 12 straight before that. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not a, eh, we'll see. We'll see. They don't. Wisconsin's bigs, just based on size alone, they, I mean, 
they don't have anybody that should be able to match up down low with with Stephen Crowell, just being a seven-footer. But again, that doesn't necessarily matter, as we've seen at times this year. So transfer-wise, yeah, not who, but if we had to project, because it'll happen not long from now, over under one and a half players transfer from the Wisconsin program. Over. You think over? Yes. Wow. Now those could be bench guys, or, or they could not be. I, Interesting. Yeah. We'll, we'll elaborate on it as, as news comes. We react to news on this show. We don't, but, I mean, we could be talking about this on Thursday. Yes, which will be, again, podcast special. Grant Bills on the air. Uh, we are unable to broadcast live from Monks. So we'll do a podcast. We'll react to the Bradley game. I'll probably have to eat my words on the fact that I think they're going to lose because I don't like the name Bradley. However, there's a good chance I could play another team that has a first name who on Sunday Liberty Liber- there are liberties in this world no way yes I actually I think you're stop right stop it I, I, there are yeah I don't want to litigate that you All think right. in America someone hasn't named their kid Liberty 100% yes <laughs> yes I you bet you sure. it's been very very popular Maybe I should have right around 2016. Maybe I should have put, put put an asterisk on all this and and say common, very common. Okay, uh, borderline normal. Okay. But Ooh, I'm not. I I would never say that about people. Can name their babies whatever they want. Let's do and this. That's normal. Let's do this. We're gonna close it out next. It's Kenny and Hyopin. This is Kenny and Hyopin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Badgers, Bradley, uh, Wisconsin looking for their first win against the Bradley Braves since 1927. Nearly 100 years. 1929. That was the last uh, excuse time they were, me. No, no. That's no, the last no. time they played? That's the last time they were here in Madison. Oh, that, that totally ruins the fun. They last, they last played in 2011. All right. Well, uh, looking for their first win. In Hoffman Estates. First game against, that totally ruined my outro. Whatever. I hope the Badgers win tonight. Three-point favorites. We will talk to you in podcast form. Find the podcast, Kenny and Hyoprin, coming up on Thursday. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the NIT. We'll talk to you later. See ya.